It's time for some good news. How many of you have had the chance, and I can't say recently because I'm not allowed to go, but maybe more recently you've been able to go to the doctor uh, for a checkup, but that's not even happening. But the, do you remember way back when, <laughs> when you, you were allowed to go to the doctor and uh, the doctor would uh, do a checkup and see how you're doing? You're wondering why you have a chronic cough. You're wondering why this part of your body's aching, blah, blah, blah. And they give you some feedback. So the doctor judges you and declares, hey, uh, your vitamins are not up to where they should be. You are deficient in vitamin C or D or something. And they prescribe a prescription or they just give you really, you know, painkillers if it's something that you just need painkillers for. But there are times where your doctor will say, you're not getting enough vitamin D. You're not getting enough vitamin this. And there's a booster shot in the sense. Like, there's, hey, take, take a concentrated dose of whatever it is the doctor's saying to take to help your body feel the way it's supposed to. So, honestly, when a doctor goes like this to your belly and goes poke, 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 you know, and you go, ow, 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 um, the doctor's going to say, it's not supposed to hurt. So if they're poking and something hurts, um, there's something wrong. And I think today, given the circumstances of our culture, given the circumstances of COVID, given the circumstances of the political world, given the circumstances of uh, crises happening around the globe in different countries and people groups, we can get pretty bummed out and our bodies aren't doing what they're supposed to do. We can feel pretty depressed is a word that's often used. We can become overwhelmed with anxiety. And we're not supposed to. We're not designed to live in a state of anxiousness or fear or depression. Some of us will. So what I'm trying to do in this series is give you a grace infusion, a booster shot for your soul to help your mind come back to the place of remembering those things we should have known all along. It's very easy to forget. I don't know if you remember the story in the Old Testament of uh, Charlton Heston coming out of Egypt. Oh, Moses, I mean. That's right, Moses. Coming out of, uh, <laughs> coming out of Egypt and <laughs> into the desert. And uh, he's getting in trouble all the time from the Jews. The Hebrews coming out. They're, they're complaining left, right, and saying, We want more food. We want water. We want meat. We want to go back. All this whining. It's almost like children sometimes. It's terrible. But he had to deal with it. And they constantly forgot. They forgot how they were freed from Egypt. They forgot how they came through that Red Sea. And listen, if I had gone through a Red Sea, uh, if Drew did it, he'd pull a fishing rod out and go into the water sideways. I just know it because he can see them fishies. Anyway, if I had seen that, my life would be forever changed. I, will never, I would never ever forget that image and then walking uh, on dry ground. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm assuming the rest of you would too. If there's a sight, a miraculous thing that you've seen in your life, you can't forget it. If there's an instance of amazement in your life, you'll never forget it. Gary has the gift of capturing what he can with his camera, but he's not even that good to capture everything because it just happens and it's, we take it in. Well... There's been some good news given to you and I, and we too have forgotten. And it's easy to because we're distracted with the things of life. We're distracted with the crises and difficulties of circumstances. 
So today, I want to take you to a great reminder. We ended with this two weeks ago, Romans 8, 26 to 29, and I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. And again, the reason I'm putting this on the screen, twofold. I'm reading it, so I'm remembering it. I'm saying it, and, I, and it's being heard. It's multiple ways for us to get this into our soul. Our soul has to receive this. And if your eyes are seeing it, great. Plus, you can go back and pause the video and find out where that text was, because not everybody takes notes. And one or two of these verses today may hit you. That's my prayer for all of you. That somehow you'll leave, or you'll, uh, somehow when you watch this later, if you're watching from home, um, that one verse will speak to you today and perhaps for the rest of this week as you meditate on it. This one alone is like, oh my goodness, uh, this, this, the next couple verses. Romans 8. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. Pause there. Are you feeling weak? Are you feeling frail? Right, Elizabeth? <laughs> Well, hey, you got a great excuse, you know, but still the Holy Spirit is in you, empowering you to keep you from feeling weak, weak, all right? There's a level of up the Holy Spirit gives us, and I love that. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or how the best, how the best things to know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super in seed. And in the Passion Translation, there's a small note there um, because some translations will just say uh, the Spirit rises up to intercede on our behalf. But the wording implies in the Aramaic super intercede. Super, like mega, big, extra. Like, wow, this is huge. You know, that kind of, a, that kind of an intercede on our behalf. Pleading to God with emotional sighs or deep groaning, which most of us will know those words, uh, too deep for words. Have you had trouble praying? <laughs> I do. You know, a couple weeks ago I said one of the best prayers is, ah, you know, just to scream to God. But there are times we don't know exactly what to pray. We're frustrated. We're frustrated with our spouse. We're frustrated with our children. We're frustrated with our circumstances, with our bank account, with our jobs, with you name, make your list. Y'all got it. I got my list. You got your list. We get frustrated. And in fact, we can come to a place of despair of, I can't get through. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit is drawn to, to speak for you, to you, in you, to convert that groan into the authentic prayer that's already in you by the Holy Spirit. This is good news. Your soul needs to be reminded you're not alone in there. <laughs> you're not alone in your soul. We think as soon as we begin to speak about our soul, we see it as singular. But it's not. It's in union. <clears throat> it's in union with the Holy Spirit. You're one with God, with Jesus. Don't forget that. So when you're wiped out, you're fused to Jesus, and therefore that wiped outness still has life and truth speaking into your soul. You just may not be aware of it. Really important to know that. Next verse. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. And I love this line. I'm going to go down to the bottom here. Uh, those who are watching online, you can't see that I'm showing on the screen over here, but that's all right. 
this whole idea of longings knows fully our longings. And this longings idea is God, the heart searcher, searches our hearts not just to uncover what is wrong, but to fulfill the true desire of what our hearts uh, to be. Grace triumphs over judgment. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what your heart needs. So we usually refer to that psalm that says, Oh Lord, search my heart and know if there be any wayward way in me. And we're all, that, that, that's, it's in the Bible. But if that's your trumpet verse, that's a depressing trumpet, trumpet verse. That's the forget, the, it's the, um, the verse that tells you, Hey, you're not correct. Something's wrong with you. That's an old covenant mindset that is not for you and I. And yet I pray, Lord, show me. But that's not the only verse. It's better than that. The Holy Spirit's actually reminding you not just of, hey, this is, you're acting inconsistent with your identity. That's how it works. But more so, let me tell you something beautiful about you, the way I designed you. We don't do that very well because we're so wrapped up in, with our heads down looking to where we're walking because, you know, it's getting, the ground's getting all difficult and we don't get to see the beauty around us. So this, the one who searches your heart to uncover what is true of you and reminds you, which is what this Grace Booster series is for. And then it goes, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. There's more coming up in a couple of verses about God's destiny in you. Romans 8, 26, 29, now we're at verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Pause there for a minute. I think this is, this is hard. Because I don't think we're all convinced. <laughs> Paul is. He says, we are convinced. And do you know what he says, we? He's implying those who he is writing to get it. We're supposed to get it. But we're forgetting it. Don't answer with your hands or head or anything because I can't see your face because you don't have a mask on. You can probably smile or you go, no. Um, vote inside. Are you convinced that God's at work in every detail of your life? I hope you can say yes. And if not, hopefully at the end of today, you can. Every detail. And he is continually weaving everything together. There's artwork. There's creativity going on here. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. I wonder what that purpose is. Well, it's not what we thought it was. I used to preach that God has a purpose for your life, and it's fivefold. <laughs> and I'll list the things God wants for you, and it always has something to do with the church. Well, that's not it at all. <laughs> Or let me rephrase the church. It always has something to do with the church system. <laughs> you know, to help the church system grow. Well, that's not true at all. I think God's purpose for us is Jesus, period. That is your purpose. Jesus Christ in you. And what's that going to look like to each of you? It's going to be very different for every single one of you. There's no cookie cutters. 
For he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. There it is. I forgot I had that highlighted. That's his purpose. Before you were even born. You know, parents don't necessarily, maybe they used to, but they don't necessarily these days have kids so that somebody can do laundry, somebody can mow the lawn, somebody can, yeah, see? All the parents are going, no. You know, they don't do it anyway. So why do we have kids? Usually it's born out of love, intimacy. You know, that's, that's kind of how it happens. It's an extension of us in some way. But here, we've been created to share the likeness of God's Son. You right now, every single one of you, share the likeness of Jesus in your unique way. Yep. Every single person watching this, hearing this, in this room, you name it. Let's go on to Romans 8.35. Skipping down a couple verses now. All right. You're wondering where God is? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. It's like that Leon's commercial. Nobody. (laughs) Those in this area will get that. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Go back. Nothing in this universe. Nothing. There's there's a pattern here. All right. Um, Troubles. Pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's, us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. That's, that's pretty powerful. Nothing can separate us from his love. Now Paul, one more time, goes into saying, I'm convinced, this is, this is, he's, he's moved from we to I. All right? Interesting transition. Oops. Oh, yeah. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or in our future circumstances that can weaken his love. Nothing. Not COVID. Not an election. Not politics. Not people that are divided. Not sickness. Nothing can separate us from his love. (laughs) James. (laughs) James uh, from Guelph writes, Nobody. It's funny. Distraction there for a moment. Good morning, Teresa. All right, let's keep going. This is good. This is two verses from the Passion Translation, and then I'll show you from another translation because that's probably more familiar. The Passion Translation just words it, I think, more beautifully and sometimes better. I like that. There's no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So remember, the focus of this, these two verses are nothing can separate us from the love of God. And one translation will say that is revealed in Christ Jesus. I like that better because we're trying to figure out, hey, what do you mean? What's the word love? What, I thought... I thought uh, um, 
what, what's holding us together then? Well, Jesus does. We've talked about that already. So let's look at the um, New Living Translation. This is more familiar for most of you. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Pause there for a moment. Not all translations use this powers of hell, but many do. Think about this for just a moment. We're not teaching on hell today, but this will make you think. If Christ holds all things together, as we've talked about in Colossians 1, literally everything, and God created everything, Jesus created everything that is, and if that hell that we've been talking about or we grew up hearing about is legit, and we've been told that hell means separation from God, well, how can it be separation from God if he created it and he holds it together? And then here we see not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Hell doesn't mean what you think it means. It's time to expand our understanding. And that's a big one. I read this one at funerals a lot, and I love it. <laughs> because the religious folks who, are, who love judging and think the person's in hell, you know, because they know more than everyone else, the religious people, Mm -mm. I want to speak hope, grace, and life into everyone that's there. And when I commit someone's body, I commit their spirit to God because I trust God's judgment. I trust God's love. <laughs> that's a whole lot easier. I'm safe using that wording. I love it. All right. Uh, where did I stop? No power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus came to reveal the love of the Father. He came to correct history. The histories have been corrected in Jesus. You've seen in the Old Testament, and even, even the kids' stories, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the kids' stories are difficult to listen to because the wording of whoever wrote the stories... How they worded it says God said. And that's what the Bible or the historical Hebrew text would have said. But we've also discovered that not everything in the Old Testament is accurate when it comes to their perception of who they thought God was. Saul thought it was okay to call up somebody from the dead, from the place of waiting. Well, that was a no-no, and he got in trouble for that. You know, I think, I think Elijah, Elijah was like irritated. What do you call me up here for? That's a freaky story. And then we have the story of Abraham. You know, he's told, I want you to sacrifice your son. What? Okay. And he just doo -dee -doo -dee -doo -dee -doo, goes on up the mountain and, oh, time to kill my son. You know, he didn't tell his wife nothing. I'm just giving you the short version. But then he gets up there and he puts the son on the altar, fully believing he's going to kill his son. And God says, stop. Are you kidding? All the other nations around you do this. You thought I was like that. <clears throat> you thought that I was a God who wanted that kind of human sacrifice. The story says it as it says it. But that's not the whole story. There's more revealed later. That's the beauty of having this collection of books, this library of books called the Bible. 
Because later we find out God does not desire sacrifices. He's trying to show Abraham, this is not who I am. You've got a really bad concept of me, and we're going to change that today. And I think that's all you can handle for now. So <laughs> the, he Abraham could not handle the full revelation of who God was. And all the way through the Old Testament, we, we see these pictures of unpackaging uh, and, and removing false concepts and proper concepts are going in. It's beautiful. Anyway, that was a good rabbit trail. Everything's revealed in Christ. Everything is revealed in Christ. His love. Do you know you're loved? We've talked about that often. Romans 12, 12. This one's fun. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up, a, don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. I like this, and the, the Aramaic can be translated, bear your afflictions bravely. Um, that's up at the time of trouble part. And then New Living Translation, same verse says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Are you in trouble? We're all in trouble right now. Our world's in trouble. Let's not give up joy. It's too easy to go, you know what, <sighs> Be easier just to not do that anymore. And we start cutting off things in our lives that we don't want to do anymore. Patterns that have been healthy because we just couldn't be bothered anymore. We're getting lazier and lazier in many aspects. Each of us are doing it personally and privately. I'm not going to make the list because um, there's a huge list. But we're told here, don't give up. Let hope burst from you. And if you don't know how to do it, and you're near somebody who is bursting with hope for a moment, receive that hope. And may it be contagious. This is the kind of virus you want. <laughs> this is what you do want to spread. Hope. Joy. Joy is not about happiness. Happiness is about happenings, circumstances. Joy is something internal that comes by the Spirit of God in your soul. It's already there. Look for it. Elizabeth had lost her hearing aid. Now, again or just once? Okay, it's the first one. Pretty good. That's actually really good. So she lost her hearing aid. She knew it existed. She just didn't know where. You have joy in you. It exists in you. Now look for it. It's there. And she found it. She felt God say, hey, Look under this coat. I read your post. What? Chair. Chair. Under the chair. What's it doing there? Well, who knows? She found it. And she rejoiced. Right? She rejoyed. Rejoy. Think of it. You're called to rejoice. To be full of joy. Joy is to be part of our pattern of normal. It's the ecstasy of love within us coming out in the expression of joy. Rejoy. That's why we sing those Christmas songs. Rejoice, rejoice. You know, like, don't forget about the good news. Romans 15. There's a lot in Romans today just because there's so much. In fact, I wanted to do the whole chapter 12, but that'll have to wait for another time. Dare I ever walk through and preach through Romans. Whew. Romans 15, 13, Passion Translation says this. 
Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. How many have seen the funny videos on YouTube where, particularly a picture of a young girl who is, uh, uh, she has this pop bottle, like two liter pop bottle, and she pops in, what are those things? What are they called? Mentos. So she thought, okay, I'll pop it in and see if I can hold the pressure with my mouth. And I tell you, backfire. She puts her mouth, drops it in um, within seconds. She puts her mouth on and it's already shooting up her nose. And, and, oh my goodness. It's like all over the place. The thing's just shooting. Overflowing fountain. Gushing. Contagious. Don't do that at home. But that's one image. You caught the image, right? That's what this is. That's only a small image of what this is, of the kind of joy that's in you. Do you even know you're capable of this kind of internal joy? If you're focusing on all the negative in your life, if all your input, all your vitamins are negativity, bad news on the, on the news, bad newspaper articles, bad Facebook posts of people arguing and fighting and being ungracious, Maybe you should turn that off for three weeks. It'll go a lot better for everybody. Maybe you're bummed out about your employment. You're unhappy with your job. Maybe you just keep, because you keep saying, I hate my job, hate my job, hate my job, hate my job, hate my job. You're going to hate your job. Because all you're doing is focusing on, I hate my job. Or... I can't stand that person. I can't stand that person. Oh, I can't see. I can't stand that person. They're little good. I can't stand. Well, you're not going to be able to stand that person because that's all you're thinking about every time you think of them like that. It's time for you and I to change the narrative. It's time to change our focus. I've had people come to me for some counseling, and it's pretty easy to figure out why they're having a hard time because... All they're doing is telling me fully, like their list of problems, but I know exactly what's going on in their head. It's a head problem. It's a focus issue. Not for everybody. Okay, that's not a blanket statement because I know mental health and counseling are pretty big deals. But in some general senses, in pastoral counseling, it's what they're thinking about. It's huge. Uncontainable. <clears throat> Mind you, I haven't seen anybody here at Hope Fellowship walk around with uncontainable joy. You'd look weird. Or you'd switch to a Pentecostal charismatic church. <laughs> just kidding. But there are people who are known for just being, they're walking peace. You know, they seem like they're walking in the presence of God. And if they're not always, you can tell. <clears throat> I had... Uh, Pastor Hans here, he, was, he came in this morning and said, Good morning, Mike. And uh, however I answered him, I guess I was focused on something. He came back later and said, Are you okay? Yeah, why? Well, you had a different tone when you said hello today. So, he noticed that. Are we aware of those around us? Are we aware of that? Or are we aware of, man, that person's annoying? <clears throat> are we aware 
Their agape love is other-centered and is sensitive to the needs of others versus our own needs. This is, this is a very, very big topic. I want to be able to radiate. Do you radiate with hope? Or do you radiate with depression? Let me rephrase that because that's a separate topic. Uh, do you radiate negativity? <laughs> what energy are you putting out? <laughs> what vibe do you have? I heard the story of a, a sad story, actually, of a, a man who, I'll call him Bob for now. Bob is in a, in, at work, and a person comes to work that day, a brand new person, and he immediately felt a negative vibe. Something's wrong with this guy. He had terrible thoughts. This, this, just neg- negative, negative, negative. Just something's wrong. And he even warned people about, oh, watch out, that guy, something's wrong with this guy. <clears throat> well, a couple of days later, this man took his life. Oh, there was something wrong. But there was an assumption that this individual was going to do something wrong to everyone else. Didn't realize the Spirit of God is probably telling Bob, this person's hurting. The vibe coming off of them is hurting. You see, like Pastor Hans, trying to be natural sensitivity, was aware of a different tone. Are we aware of somebody else's needs? Are we willing, here's a big one, are we willing to give up and pause our desires to move forward in a certain direction for someone else who isn't caught up to it yet? Are we willing to say yes to Jesus in that? Are we willing to take that job knowing full well our spouse is not happy with that job and it's not the right one? Yeah, but it'll provide. And it's going to be a switch for me. Yeah, but are you on the same page? Or can we buy that car? I'm going to buy it anyway. Without I've done that once. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I really did. It was a red car. <laughs> Honey, I bought a car. What? Don't run ahead. That's the hardest thing to do. Because somehow our ego flesh wants our own way at the expense of others. You see a little glimmer of hope, you want to grab it. Ah, I may never get this chance again. Well, you're implying that God doesn't know your desires by saying, I may never get this chance again. You're implying God doesn't already. And we just finished talking about a number of verses. God knows the yearnings of our heart, the searchings, the good, the things that are patterns that are unhealthy. He knows all of that. Can you not trust him to play it out in his time? He doesn't need your help hurrying it up. <laughs> Looking in the mirror here. I'm notorious for that. Helping God out. Dear Lord, I pray for a new car. I... Fact, I've had my eye on one. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Ephesians 1. I love, love, love this. I pray that the light of God's will illuminate the eyes of your imagination or soul or innermost heart, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us. It's in us. It's in us. He finds it in us. His holy ones. That's right. You're a holy one. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness 
of God's power made available to you through through faith, then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as it works through you. This is a whole sermon in and of itself. I pray the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your soul, your imagination, and flood you with light. How many of us are walking in a darkness that's not meant to be there? Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will shed light into our yearning, into our frustration, into our difficulties, so that we will experience the full revelation of hope. We need hope. And it's about, I pray that you will continually experience this immeasurable, immeasurable greatness. You see, as soon as you limit God's power, and we do, see, God could never do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The problem is, we've dropped God down to this little box into our imagination, a God of our making. And sometimes that God has to be destroyed, shredded, taken out, because we've built a whole faith around this little God of how we've figured him out and how he's supposed to function. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Uh Uh-oh. Time. Time's out. All right. We'll come back to this next week. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Maybe that's a good prayer for today, for each of us. Can you pray this for the person sitting beside you? Can you pray this for your family? Can you pray? Well, right now you're all beside your family because <laughs> you're in your own bubbles. But can you pray this prayer for those you can't stand, those you're angry with, those you're having a hard time forgiving? Can you pray, Father, will your light please illuminate them? I'm going to let your Holy Spirit do the work because all the stuff I'm trying to do to get them to change, to meet my will, isn't working. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you wouldn't believe the manipulation in our prayers. (laughs) So to pray, Father, please let your light shine deeply into each one. May your Holy Spirit reveal the hope in each one. And may that work do its work Better than I could if I was in charge, because sometimes I think I'm in charge. I want to experience your measurable love deep within me. Please reveal your measurable love in them. I take my hands off of it. <laughs>